right, all right, fine. I'll be a gracious host. How you doing? Little Mermaid is the scariest Disney movie by far, though. Why the hell is Ace Blade in your Kickstarter? <laughs> Some comics. We gonna, I'm getting controversial today. We're going to get controversial today with... with... My, my proudest moment is this interview. Being able to talk to you too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Taurus Comics in collaboration with Fourth Wall Productions, respectfully brings to you the 65th episode of the Four Tales podcast. I'm your host, Kyron Silver from Taurus Comics. Across the way is the violacious reporter of Ace Blade, Danny J. Quake, and together we are your two award-winning Blurred Comic creators here to help you find your next favorite comic. We are live on the Agency Geekdom Network via Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. So if you're listening or watching us live, Thank you for your support, but don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and view this podcast because all your positive reviews and interactions help us reach a bigger audience. Absolutely. Brother Quick, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing, Brother Kyron? I'm doing all right. Good what to see you early on, early on a Saturday. It's good to see you. Don't you see me every Saturday early at this point? Yeah, but it's always good to see you, though. It's always oh, okay. good. Okay. Um, I'm I'm disappointed. I know we don't. We've been talking more and more about sports on this show, uh, and I'm disappointed because my Lakers lost last night. Uh, don't you don't need to celebrate that. Your team is doing great. You can you can just be sad with me. No, hell no, hell no. See how they do. Sad about the Lakers. See how they do. Yeah. We we could have won that game, and I think it was. It came down to the wire, and I was up until 3 a.m. just not being able to sleep. But um, other than that, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm glad the Lakers lost as every time I'm, I am. Um, my Kings are – wait, what? Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say uh, you might be on the wrong microphone because uh, you sound a little sound a little uh, muted there. Sound a little, a little off. Uh, it sounded good before the intro came in, but I don't know what happened. Wow, that's weird. Uh, it might have just been me, but thanks for thanks for confirming, uh, Fish. Hold on, let me see something. Uh... Is this any better? Way better. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have no idea why the settings changed on that, but it really is better. That's way better. Like I can't hear your your computer fan anymore. Okay. You sound like you are not underwater anymore. That's amazing. All right. Um, Podcasting. You got to know what you're doing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> got to know what you're doing. Um, I'm, I'm excited, man. We got a, a great guest this week. Um, okay. I've been wait, wait, before we get to bring guests on, because you're talking about uh, sports. Uh, and I, I did want to bring up something that's sports related and our show. You, you showed this to me the other day um, and I got, uh, you know, you, okay, so you know what I'm about to say. So yeah. let, let me show this real quick. Um, oh wait, nope, that's the wrong thing. That's the that's the wrong that's, thing. That's the wrong thing. I don't like Fish Lee's art. Who's no. the artist? Who's the artist for that issue? Don't don't worry about that. All right, so <clears throat> this is what ESPN. ESPN, yes. ESPN apparently has something called Quick Takes. Um, and this. 
this was the first time I ever saw it too. I they recently did this for the uh um I want to say the um under, not the undisputed show, the one with uh first um, take Chris Broussard, not first take, um, but it's a you know, yo, yeah, yeah, uh, first take with um I was gonna say it has the FT right there, it's first take yeah, with the first take crew, but it's uh I was like, I, that's you know, kind of strange. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a kind of a generic name, so I guess somebody else could have come up with it. But but that was our name first. It was like, definitely we had name. that. Definitely, definitely, we're using that. So, all right, all right. Do we sue now? Do how do we get our money? I think we I, we need to, some kind of litigation needs to happen. Something. Okay. Um, either they need to let us come on to do quick takes, or we need to get paid for them using quick takes. One or the other. <clears throat> I think if anything, it'd be they bring you on since I don't really do anything for quick takes. You run the clock. We don't even use the clock. <laughs> <laughs> we don't use the clock. I can't, do it. I can't do it without the clock, man. I can't do it without somebody uh, who's supposed to at least be running the clock. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to stand in the background yeah, pointing at the clock. Is that what you want me to do? Because it'd be quick takes on ESPN. <laughs> what? what? <sighs> I'm down with it. All right. All right. Well, I just wanted to say ESPN do better. Stop stealing other people's work. Um, yeah. Come on now. You know, uh, but all right. Our guest, you're bringing her up. So you go ahead and introduce her, I guess, since, you know, you you all that. Um, Sure. Um, So our guest this week is an author, a uh, TV feature film, comic book writer and novelist. Um, she is a winner of the Sloan Fellowship for Screenwriting. And the Gold Aurora and Bronze Telly for PSA produced by women in film. She also won numerous awards while completing the UCLA MFA program in screenwriting. The one, the only uh, writer of Boston Metaphysical Society, Madeline Holly Rosen. Thank Ladies. you very much for having me on the show, guys. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you for it's being on. It's early, though. <laughs> yes, Danny. It's early for us on the West Coast. Um, Listen, I've, I've said numerous times we can change the time of the show at this point. Uh, I think the first the first three seasons we did at 7 a.m. for you it was good enough. Now that we've gotten our, you know, we've gotten the swing of it, we're, you know, kind of in here. Um, I think we can change the time. It, it's at least, you know, for our East Coast, I mean, for our West Coast guests when they come on. We can do a 10 o'clock show or, or something like that for y'all. Or even eight. <laughs> even one even one hour later would be great. It, it even eight. It really helps. I mean, that extra hour of sleep, you know, my mind is groggy right now because it's been a long night. So that extra hour of sleep would help, you know, but I've yeah, been saying no, that for I a few get, years. I get, the, the, I get the dogs fed. I mean, all of that little stuff is done. And uh, <clears throat> then I'm ready to go. Exactly. Ready to but, go. Yeah, not now. My husband's like, he's trying to get ready to do what he wants to do, and then he's gonna go feed the dogs. And I hear him, you know, the dogs are like running up and down in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, when are we gonna be fed? Dogs, will, dogs will keep you keep you. If even if you don't have a clock, dogs will keep you on schedule. They absolutely yes. will, especially if yeah. you if you train them. If you take the time to get them in a consistent pattern, they will definitely let you know when it's time to go eat, when it's time to go use the bathroom. Uh, they when it's time to walk, they will let you know. Yes, routine is everything for them. It's 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 like with little kids. Little kids need routine. Dogs yes. need routine. It it provides security and all that other good stuff. Exactly. 
comic right, book so creators need routine too. I think uh, for me, I think that's <laughs> I think that's one thing that really helps me is is you know sitting down and writing for an established amount of time a day. Um, you know, at least working on some content for you know my platforms for a specific time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that stuff helps helps me too. To be honest with you, so maybe I'm I'm half kid half dog or something like that i don't know no 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 no, no, no you're no. all kid you're all kid no. um <laughs> everybody everybody benefits benefits from routine you you get you get stuff done and um when i'm not running kickstarters uh i'm you know i have my own routine and i try to only spend like an hour do doing administrative stuff and then mm-hmm. the rest of the afternoon writing or doing something but Javon said what? Danny's half three-year-old, and I totally agree with this statement. <laughs> Three-year-olds are the most carefree beings on the planet. <laughs> they are. All right. All right. So many things are new and fun. And... Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Madeline. So we do want to know about you, but um, we want to talk about your work also. I know Danny did an amazing job reading off your biography. Um, but for anybody that's not familiar with you that he didn't bring, can you give us a little 30-second preview about who you are, what you're working on, and why you're on our show, really? Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, I am the writer-creator of the Steampunk Supernatural series, uh, both prose, graphic novel, and audio drama, Boston Metaphysical Society, which is about an ex-Pinkerton detective, a spirit photographer, and a genius scientist who battles supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. Uh, we started with a six-issue miniseries with art by Emily Hugh. That's what we call volume one now. Uh, and then uh, we did uh, four standalone sequels with art by Gwen Tavares. Uh, those are now all compiled in volume two. So now we're essentially working on volume three, which is a new story called Mystery at Pike's Peak. It's a four-issue miniseries. And we're currently on Kickstarter to print the first two issues. And... Um, I'm happy to say that issue number one is is done, uh, and uh, Elizabeth is currently working on issue two, nice. and so is Katie. Fortunately, fortunately, when uh, Elizabeth is done inking, it goes straight to Katie, our colorist. So it's almost being done simultaneously and be less less waiting. Um, I should talk about them a little bit. I have a new team on board. Uh, we have a new interior artist, Elizabeth McKedza. Uh, Katie Brown is our colorist, and doing our main covers is Angela Wu. Okay. And uh, for the first time ever, we are doing variant covers and metal covers, mm-hmm. and the two variants are done by Rio Burton and Steph C. I love it. I am a horrible host. I should have actually been sharing this for people to look at <laughs> while you were describing that. So let's let's do this now. Yeah, we can we can bring it up. They're they're gorgeous <laughs> to look at. So. Now, I do not ask because I, I am a fan of your work. I have a couple of the uh, Boston Metaphysical Society books, but I was looking at the preview page for this, and we're the story is now that they're on the run and they're mm-hmm. fleeing Boston. So, are we going to change the name of the series since they're no longer in Boston? Or? No, oh, okay. no, because because that's that, I mean that's that's where they're that's where they're from. I mean, right. that's, that's that's where that's where their heart is. Okay. Home, is um, home is where your heart is. That's right. That's that's where their heart is. I mean, they were all uh, the whole team was essentially born and 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 raised there. So and eventually they'll go back. But right now we're taking 
a fun little detour and exploring different aspects of the Boston metaphysical universe, the larger, the larger country, the whole. And, and I thought it would be fun. I, I'd almost, I kind of had this plan that at some point I'd probably bring Tesla back. And mm. I decided that after three, actually four standalone sequels that it was time to bring Tesla. And I'd already set it up, uh, at the end of um, Scourge the Mechanical Gentleman. Yeah, those are the covers by Angela Wu, our main covers. Very nice. And um, some of the interiors by uh, Elizabeth and Katie. Because <laughs> I got to travel to Colorado by airship, you know. Now, where did this love for uh, steampunk come from? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because, yeah, those are the covers of our, our volume one and volume two. That's awesome. And that's the variant by Rio Burton. And uh, that's from Steph C. That's cool. I think there's a couple other images we can see. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and the coins. other rewards, the, the pins. I do a new pin for every uh, Kickstarter. It's just a thing now. People collect them. That's the cover of the uh, prequel novel, Storm of Secrets. Okay. And Prelude is the anthology of uh, short stories and novellas. Also prequel. I think that's the last image. Yeah. So. Of, of the main, yeah, the main ones, yeah. Okay. Now, I recently ordered um, the first, um, the complete series on Amazon, I believe, the, um, the paperback. So I think it's the six issue series. The six so, issues, yeah, you can uh, pick up through SourcePoint Press or uh, or myself or, yeah, or Amazon. I think they have it up on Amazon. That's And that's what I was going to ask. So the Amazon, it, and it has your name in there. So I, I was, you know, fairly confident that it was, you know, coming from you. But, you know, Amazon is is one of those that you, you just don't know. You just don't know. But, you know, it, it does have you you listed as the author and Emily who, uh, who as um as co-author. Um but you know amazon is amazon is is different because it can be sold through another book store or something like that and you might not mm -hmm. actually you know get paid for that so how do you how, as an independent how do you kind of navigate the different uh the different ways to, to to get your book out um well i think volume this i know this gets a little confusing uh the the volume one that you see with the roberta ingranata cover Actually, that's SourcePoint Press. Okay. Um, they they did that. Uh, I think the the sequels um, are me that that are up there. Um, even though you can get them through SourcePoint Press, I, I don't really worry. I mean, the comics. Most of the comics I sell are either at cons <clears throat> or through Kickstarter. It's not through Amazon, so I don't really spend a lot of time or effort. <clears throat> on that it's just, it's not it's not worth it uh for me um but uh yeah and then volume two you you need to get <clears throat> you need to get directly from me right now so okay okay i think kickstarter is so as a platform you know kickstarter has its its pros and cons uh, we use kickstarter for all our um all of our releases right now um but i think it's hard to keep up with people on kickstarter unless you're on the platform a lot 
Um, but it does at least give you the ability to update your previous backers on other campaigns and things like that if they want to follow along. Um, but there's so many platforms right now. Like there's so many different ways to to follow the creators that you, you know, that make the things that you like. Um, which which are your which are your if I were gonna follow you, you know, which would be which, which place would be the bay the place that I would go to follow you? Uh probably uh Kickstarter or just sign up for my newsletter directly through through my website. Uh, that would be the easiest or, or follow, you know, Facebook page. But I know Facebook can be weird with the algorithms and you don't always see everything. So I, I would say to make sure you get update um, information is newsletter number one. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, follow me through Kickstarter, because even when I'm not running a campaign, I will usually do a once a month update on Kickstarter just to because not everybody on Kickstarter gets my newsletter and 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 vice versa. So um, I'll do a brief update of just like what's coming and if, you know, anything special is happening and con appearances, <clears throat> and, you know, just keep it real simple. Uh, so uh, if there's, you know, any question about anything, you know, people can, there's, there's a history there. So people can go back and say like, Hey, did I miss something? And then they can go back in the updates and, and, and check um for anything but yeah i mean i follow a lot of people on on kickstarter because it's just an easy thing to do maybe i'm using kickstarter wrong because to me <laughs> to me kickstarter, kickstarter doesn't seem like the most social platform i know you can leave comments and, and reply for people and stuff like that it just doesn't seem like the i don't know i feel like you know most of the social media platforms you get to see people's stuff and then they see your stuff and you can comment and, and things like that. Um, I, maybe I should, I, I think I'm going to start using Kickstarter more like that, like as a, as a platform to update, update people and, and things like that. I think that's, that sounds like a great idea, especially for people who want to buy your books. Cause if they're on that platform, most likely they're looking <laughs> to, to purchase stuff from you. So um, that yes. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and you don't have to inundate people with stuff. Uh, it how often I update on Kickstarter really depends on uh, if I'm running ca a campaign, if it's a post campaign, uh, then, uh, you know, usually like right after a, a campaign ends, I'll send a, you know, thank you, everybody. And what's going to happen next. And, you know, if you're new explaining how, you know, Kickstarter works and, you know, you don't get the money for two weeks. And then after that goes in, then I update them. Uh, usually at least every two weeks on what's going on with art production or mm. printing or shipping. Uh, if there's something really important, I'll, I'll, I'll do it within a week. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, good news or bad news. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when I, I was doing Ghosts and Demons, uh, the printer, I was using one up in Canada. It was right as the pandemic was hitting and the books were printed they were in the boxes and then they let me know that the warehouse warehouse shut down literally the day before my books were going to be shipped oh wow <laughs> and so i had that I'm like okay guys there's nothing i can do about this um they're done they're in the boxes mm. but they've shut down and so I guess it went on skeleton. It didn't turn out to be that bad because we ended up getting them within like six weeks. Okay, uh, they just had, bad. they had reduced staff and like that, 
and, and people were people were sending me little um gifts of like you know you're this close this close <laughs> so I'm getting all these funny little gifts but yeah so you just uh you know like I said it's it, it really depends you know when we're post campaign and everything shipped it's just once a month uh and and that's it I appreciate you giving us this advice about Kickstarter, things like that, because you also have written a book um, called The Kickstarter for Independent Creator, um, which is a, a good read. If anybody hasn't picked up, you really should. Um, Madeline gives a lot of information as far as you know getting into Kickstarter, how to use the, the, the platform, things like that. Um, I guess two questions is, are you going to make maybe an updated version? I think the last one was like a few years ago. But, I mean, you're yeah, definitely more I, experienced. With I had... Um... If you do pick it up, you want the one with the green cover. That's the second edition. Uh, I always say green cover, green cover. Uh, I actually did. That was originally written, I think, 2018. I did update it in 2020 and just didn't change the cover. Uh, yeah, it does need to be updated again um, just because some of the nuances on Kickstarter have changed. Like, you know, the add-ons have changed. And I think I talked about the add-ons in 2020 and they hadn't really worked out the bugs. Yeah. in the back end yet in 2020 and so i don't like being anybody's beta <laughs> okay I'll let other people be the beta uh, i'm with you on that <laughs> and they just actually added a, a new feature where you can now add images to all yeah, your that happened like two days that happened two days ago yeah i didn't literally even know happened, yeah that literally yeah. happened two days ago so all your rewards section you can now put images to preview what your reward is going to look like basically that's, yeah. that's good it took um there, i know there's another platform that does something similar to that so that's uh that's good um yeah i think i i wish on not wanna i'm even the type of person who who won't buy like new gaming systems i used to be heavy playing games and things like that but i i still haven't bought a playstation 5 even though my kids have begged me to um because i'm like i'll, I'll wait until number one they work all the bugs out and number two the price drops a little bit I, yeah yeah i can hold off for for a year to two years um to save that couple hundred bucks yeah it's it's i mean i'm i'm not in any rush and, and i watch how things you know play out and uh talk to other creators of like the problems they've had things they've liked things they've, they've disliked and um uh, but there's also a, a certain backer expectation I mean, for a long time, I didn't use backer kit and mm -hmm. it had been out for, for a few years, uh, even though I was running Kickstarters, but then backers kept asking me like, oh, will I be able to get this later? You know, will I be able to add on something later? I'm like, okay, I guess it's time to do backer kit. And, um, yep. and now I'm still not using backer kit. I don't, I guess outside of the add-ons, I didn't see a reason to use it. So. If, if you have a, a, a additional stuff to sell uh then yeah and because i have like pin sets i have magnets i have mm -hmm. other books i have you know i have other stuff i have a library a collection of stuff so that so it's worth it for me um if you're just starting out uh you know for those of you out there who are just starting out it's probably you're probably not quite there yet um i would wait a couple years and also now Kickstarter has a uh, competitor to Backer Kit. I believe it's called Pledge Manager. 
I'm not Ooh. sure. I'd have to I have to go look it up. Yeah, it just came out. They they came to me to use to use them. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about it very carefully. Like you, uh, you don't want to be anybody's beta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being anybody's beta, but um, but it's gonna save me a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, that's the thing. I see uh, my thing with backer kit. The thing that sold me on backer kit was the the logistics part of it. The the fact that they group together um you know the package bundles and you can print all the labels out at the same time like that i i just hate logistics to begin with so um having a you know studio here where i can ship stuff and print labels and all that stuff it's helped but i just hate the headache of making sure that the thing that the person bought gets to the person who bought it that whole process is a huge headache for me and it and their platform kind of helped out with that so that's why I yeah use no it. it's, it's a very good platform and um it's improved considerably like over the past five six years i think ray chow over at mythiopia for his skies of fire uh mm -hmm. was one of the one of the early adopters of backer kit um so he was the beta on that one mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah there was a few issues i think back in the day and um uh, but they've vastly improved uh, i've had very good customer service with him they are expensive but yeah. you know there's that that old saying you know you get what you pay for so yeah. uh, i haven't decided i don't have to decide yet because we're not going to be shipping probably till july or august so i i don't have to decide that right now <laughs> yeah um i think it's 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 funny um for for indie creators like we have to know pretty much every part of the process you know <laughs> whereas you know, if you're working for, you know, the big two or whatever, you do your part and mm -hmm. it goes to a person and then they handle the rest of that, you know. Yeah. Um, and I kind of prefer it this way. And I know you I know you've had um, experience uh, as a screenwriter writing for TV and, and things like that. What is it about the indie comics um, process that that, you know, keeps you coming back as opposed to you know, any of the other amazing things that you could be doing? Um, because this is mine mm. and, and I have complete control over it. Uh, there's no gatekeeper yeah. and, uh, I can go, you know, there's no reason to have to deal with a gatekeeper anymore. You can go directly to your fan base and, and Kickstarter and other similar platforms allow you to do that. And it takes out the middle person. Um, you know, that doesn't mean you, you, you know, you still have to create quality things and you do have to deliver. So you have to have multiple skill sets. And uh, like you said, I'm not a big fan of fulfillment either. I'm probably going to be, and we, we've been doing it here. I mean, I, up until the last two Kickstarters, I've been doing all the fulfillment myself mm. primarily and then the last two my uh my husband helped tremendously or else i'd probably still be doing it <laughs> <laughs> uh but but next time i'm you know going to take a different approach and probably just uh i know russell said that he hired a fan and you know got tables and and they just you know punched out packages and that's what i'm probably going to do there's a couple people i'll hire le locally um some friends of mine 
set up tables in the front yard, bring in lunch, and mm. we're just going to crank it out for the day. And so you'll get, you know, hopefully get two thirds to three, you know, three quarters of the packages done, except for the ones that have all the little extras. And then those I'm going to have to do myself. Um, yeah. That's how she's my spirit. Because it's mine. I can do it my way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, but that doesn't mean you don't take, you know, advice, good advice when it's offered, mm -hmm. you know, to make your project better. <clears throat> Now we are a team spoiler here, at least Danny is team spoiler, I should say. Um, is there any spoils that you'd be willing to drop about this issue of Boston Metaphysical that maybe our fans could know about and maybe get interested in your book? Uh, Mystery at Pike's Peak. Um, yeah. We are, well, we're introduced to uh, a new character, uh, Mai Wee Chow, um, who's from the great house Chow in California. Uh, I know I them. One, yeah. of the, one of the spoilers would be that uh, in the Boston Metaphysical Universe, which is an alternate history from our own, the Chinese Exclusionary Act never happened. Oh. And so we kind of get a glimpse into what that means for the larger whole of the universe and the power structures within the country. Okay. And um, uh, House Chow has a, a vested interest in Tesla's experimental station. She's there as his partner working on wireless technology. And uh, a lot of that. Um, so, so you get a glimpse of that and that the, the connections between what they're doing and what Caitlin's experiencing um, should be a lot of fun. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, I think this is the time where we actually go into Danny's quick takes. I'm ready. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Quick takes. Quick takes. Um, <laughs> I love those graphics. Um, so um, for those who haven't seen the show, um, Quick Takes is our rapid fire Q&A session where we uh, invite our guests to um, to answer some questions off the top of our head. I've been scouring your social medias, not quite stalking, but uh, just <laughs> scouring for information. And I'm going to ask you some questions and uh, see if you can give us the answer uh, in 45 seconds or less. So. Okay. The first one is an easy one. Uh, you you are um, a, a a force in the indie community. You've been able to um, consistently grow your backers and your supporters. And I wanted to know uh, what would be your best advice for indies um, to 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 grow their their backer count. Oh, um, uh, now that cons are back on, I would suggest. Uh, Going back to cons, making sure you get you your, your email list, uh, sign up list on your on your table immediately, and even if you don't ha maybe have one book, go and share a table. You know, share expenses, keep it cheap. Bring your own lunch. Don't go out to lunch. You know, bring your own sandwich and goodies. You don't need to spend twenty bucks on lunch. 
I, that's I, that's a hard one for me. I love <laughs> one of my favorite things to do, even when traveling with me and my wife, was we like to we like to eat. <laughs> we like to wherever we go, we want to eat whatever's the local food. So uh, the the bring my own lunch thing is it just never works for me when I go to shows. But it is great advice. It is great advice. Okay, <laughs> question number two. Okay, you can only have one of these two for the rest of your, of your life. The other one does not exist to you anymore. Do you pick croissants or crumb cake and why? Crumb cake every time. Yeah. Uh, that's because uh, I used to live in New York and uh, crumb cake uh, every Sunday was the thing I used to do. I used to pick it up with the, with the LA Times. Uh, that was my brief glimpse back home. Uh, I love crumb cake. I make it here and the best, and I used to live in Hoboken and that's where, um, oh, Carlos from, uh, how was it? The, the cake boss mm. has oh, his, Lord. has his store and he also has stores in Las Vegas now. And I got to introduce my husband to his crumb cake when we went to Las Vegas many years ago. So yeah, crumb cake every time. I love it. Um, my Maybe wife, we get it. to start the, the timer. She said that, that's so fast. <laughs> Okay, easy, easy answer. That's easy. I love croissants, but if it's gonna, if cross, it'd be crumb cake every time. I love it. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, so this is a question that I ask a lot of creators, especially every those show. who don't, especially those who do every show, because I have a every show you about, ask this. I have a certain view about conventions, but I like to hear other people's sides. So every show. Um, question number three. What which do you prefer? <laughs> Big cons or small shows and why? Um, I qualify that. Uh I generally prefer big cons because we have a very we have a niche within a niche story. So we need a lot a broader base of people to find more that will like what, what we have. Uh, if it's a smaller show, I prefer it if it's a steampunk show because that's a built-in demographic for me. Uh, but but yeah, generally, obviously there's always going to be exceptions, but uh, yeah, like I love a WonderCon in New York, you know, all of those. But if it's a, a steampunk one, yeah, I'll, I would definitely do that. For And those are small shows. I love that answer. That's a, that's a, that's one of the better answers that I've had um, to that question. Um, I think it does matter a lot. Like, like you said, if you have something that something specific that people are looking for and there are shows that are tailored to that, mm -hmm. of course, you want to, you know, get that audience. But, um, you know, for for a niche or a niche inside of a niche, you definitely want to hit as many people as you can, because uh, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I like that. I like that answer. OK. Um, question number four. Um, in 45 seconds, can you tell us the best part of creating? I think, and you already did earlier when we talked about it, and the worst part of creating. Uh, the best part of creating is actually being able to figure out your story when it when it all kind of falls into place, and you know you're in that head zone. Uh, the worst part of creating is uh, all the admin stuff. Mm. Uh, I travel a lot. We're talking about travel, flights, hotels, local taxes. Um, and like later on today, I've got to go prep for WonderCon. So mm. yeah. 
yeah the the, the extras are not always not always the most fun but um i like the learning process of, of that um, Kyron has you know a team that he pays to do all that stuff don't so. do that don't do that <laughs> i like that <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry about it but that's good okay um last question and this is uh so I, I, there's another show that i do um with um javon stokes and morgan iverson called top five live where we um do a top five list every week so um i want to see if i can get your top five life-changing inventions um not not in any particular order but what do you believe are the top five life-changing inventions oh uh the washing machine uh the printing press um it's gonna be something more uh probably uh, the automobile okay yeah um the telephone telephone that's a good one yeah and um the internet the internet there it is that's the that's the one that's the one the internet um that's a good list that's a good list the washing machine definitely uh definitely a huge one that's one that I yeah well think. you have to understand what the washing machine means to women yeah they're no longer out scrubbing clothes and yeah. hanging up because that takes an enormous amount of time once you start stop women still handle the bulk of all household duties yeah. um worldwide and once you start giving them tools that save them time they can spend more uh doing other things they'd rather be doing which could be either you know spending time with their children uh mm -hmm. creating things traveling yeah. you know stuff that's not grunt work yeah that's a that's an excellent point um i remember my mom used to <laughs> we used to have these clothes lines in the back of our house and <laughs> she would be back there hanging up clothes for hours and hours and hours um and this was when i was four or five years old though so um that's been a minute ago um but yeah absolutely i love the answer um and that was quick takes this week brought to you by uh espn first take i guess no, not until we're getting paid. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's terrible. Right. We do have a couple more minutes Matt, uh, left, Madeline. Is there anything maybe that we didn't bring up that you'd want to speak on or anything? You know? um, just to remind people uh, to obviously come back to Kickstarter. And uh, if, um, it, it, if it got brushed by real quickly, there we go. There we go. Uh, we also have uh, an audio drama, and this is an original story. It takes place uh, during the time period of the original Six Issue miniseries. So it is standalone. And uh, Mystery of Pike's Peak actually takes some elements from uh, the ghost ship, which is the audio drama, and also one of my short stories, The Underground. Uh, you, you have little little hints in there. So yeah, and the uh, audio drama is available as a CD or as a commercial free download um, as an add-on. And uh, come come check it out. Uh, there's some very, very affordable uh, reward tiers. And uh, if it's not in your budget this month, then you know, please share. No, if it's not in your budget, go take a loan, go back to Kickstarter. <laughs> I mean, it's already funded, but we want to make sure she gets even more funding, okay? 
Absolutely. That helps me pay my artists. Exactly. We always love paying artists, right? We, yes. we do love that. And colorist and letterer and pre-press guy. And yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you being on. This has been a fun interview. Um, outside of the Kickstarter, where can people check out the rest of your work? Maybe get your other issues, things like that. Um, sure. Uh, my website, bostonmetaphysicalsociety.com or queenofmercia.com. That's, they're, they're me. They're both me. Um, that's just my, my corporate name. I'm, I have an LLC now. And uh, a Facebook, Boston Metaphysical Society Comic, uh, Twitter, M. Holly Rosing, and Instagram at MC Holly One. All right. Facebook user says, pay your, uh, your artists. Yes, I, I do pay my artists on we, time, all the time. We all we all advocate for paying artists. <laughs> Absolutely, they have to eat too. <laughs> I eat too much, so maybe I shouldn't get paid as much as I do. <laughs> all right, uh, Danny, where can people check out your work? Um, if you want to find me um, at the Ace Blade on all social media platforms, or you can go to our website www.fourthwallpros.com. Kyron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find my work at TaurusComics.com, and you can check out all my stuff at Taurus Comics on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube. Tumblr. Tumblr. Thank you. I always forget Tumblr. And Facebook, of course. Uh, but next week, join us, where we will have writer and creator Rusha Jones on, talking about her book, Gumballs. Um, this is going to be a fun time, as always, you know. But if this is your first time checking out the Four Tales podcast, please go to our website. That is fourtalespodcast.com, the number four, T-A-L-E-S podcast.com. You can listen to our previous episodes and find out who's coming on. Also, as part of the Agents of Geekdom Network, we do want to give a shout out to Fish Lee. He is starting a, uh, what is the word? Mailing list. And I'm going to put that up right now. Um, if you have your QR scanner, please scan it. You can get two free comics just for sign up for uh, Fish Lee's mailing list and newsletter. So check it out. But I'm going to leave that up for a couple more seconds here. I had to pay for those comics. That's not fair, Fish. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, that's good enough. So we're going to get going. But until next time, sayonara, goodbye. And everybody, please take care of yourselves. Thank you.